We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. This is the Sooner Sports Podcast, your all-access pass to Sooner Sports. The Sooner Sports Podcast is presented by Allstate. Are you in good hands? And by Riverwind Resort. Riverwind Resort, the place to be. Oh, mama, what a play! Welcome back, everybody, into another edition of the Sooner Sports Podcast with Jess and Meg, the OU Women's Wednesday Ladies Edition of the Sooner Sports Podcast. Glad to have you back with us. Fun, fun interview coming up for you today. Huge news for OU women's basketball fans. Huge announcement. Courtney Paris is back. Sherry Cole tweeted out the eyes, the whole Lincoln Riley thing. I love the way um, Ann Marcelli, who's the women's basketball SID, had the whole day planned. Sooner Vision was, of course, involved, but Courtney Paris is back to Norman. She remains OU's all-time leader in points and rebounds and became the first NCAA player, regardless of gender or division, to accumulate 2,500 career points and 2,000 career rebounds, finishing her collegiate career with averages of 19.9 points, 14.8 boards, and 3.3 blocks per game. She was named the 2007 AP National Player of the Year as just a sophomore, was a four-time Naismith Award and Wooden Award finalist and three-time Big 12 Player of the Year. Jess, as a lifelong Oklahoma women's basketball fan, what was it like watching Courtney Paris in the Crimson and Cream? Oh, my gosh. So many, so many things that you could talk about here. Um, You know, you didn't even mention the double-double streak, the streak of 112 that – will never be touched by a man or woman ever, probably in the history of basketball, I don't think. Uh, I mean, it's nobody's even close to it. Nobody was ever close to it. 112 consecutive games, double-doubles. You know, and again, I think 
hearing Coach Cole talk about the way Courtney handled all of that, there was so much pressure. And, you know, it actually ended when Oklahoma had played Tennessee, when Pat Summit was going for career for her uh, career win, I think 1,000. And, um, you know, so OU wins the game, keeps Pat Summit from reaching the milestone win, but Courtney Paris's streak ends uh, with nine points. So, um, yeah, just in the way Coach Cole talked about, it wasn't about her, and there was so much pressure. She did, And she really just wanted to help her team win however she could. And I think with Courtney, and, you know, I wasn't around covering the OU program when she was here, but I've since been able to be around some of her teammates and, of course, gotten to talk to Coach Cole about it quite a bit. And I think as big of a superstar as she was, I mean, she was arguably the biggest name, one of the top five biggest names in women's college basketball for her entire career. And she is so well-liked and so loved. Nobody has a bad word to say about her how great of a person she is, how genuine she is. And that's what Coach Cole talked about when she talked about hiring her. She doesn't have any coaching experience, but she is such a good human being and so well-liked that it won't be a hard sell for players to want to come play for her. And um, another thing that Courtney talked about in uh, the media interview um, is that, you know, she was the star here, but since then she's, had a long career in the WNBA, has played overseas, has played in played a lot of different roles for a lot of different teams. And so she can relate to a lot of different types of players. So, yeah, I just, I think huge hire for Coach Cole. Um, you know, I think such a huge name and people remember her and Oklahoma kids. I mean, you've talked to Gabby Gregory, you know, that her story, uh, you know, Ani Anusa is literally a Sooner in large part because of Courtney Paris. Um, so some of the, just the influence that she's had on, on the girls in this state, the young girls in this state for two decades that are still coming through here, that still remember her, how, how, um, how great she was as a player and, and the influence that she had. Um, so yeah, could go on and on and on. It's just <laughs> incredible. I mean, you, you, it's hard to put into words what she means, not just to, you know, Oklahoma, Oklahoma women's basketball, but women's basketball in general, but then also the University of Oklahoma. And she played here during a time when Blake Griffin was here, Sam Bradford was here. It was a great era of Sooner sports. So with the addition of Paris to Coach Cole's staff, Oklahoma boasts one of the most impressive duos of star college players who are now assistant coaches. Paris joined second year assistant Jackie Stiles, who ranks third all time in NCAA scoring with 3,000 393 career points. Joining, of course, Sherry Cole, a Hall of Fame coach. This coaching staff, Jess, is absolutely stacked. Yeah, and, you know, we've got Ani Anusa coming up on the podcast next week. And her insight on this is incredible, talking about who wouldn't want to come play for two of the most decorated players in college basketball, um, you know, and Jackie and and – you know, Anna talked about what Jackie has done for um, T-Rob and really all of the guards, but then, uh, you know, what Courtney's going to be able to do for the posts. I mean, it's just, uh, you know, and then it's funny, I asked Coach Cole about, um, you know, if 
how she like would like her team stacking up in a in a matchup and she said she didn't think anybody in the country would want to play them and I, I agree I mean you know Anna talks about that too you got Jackie you got Courtney and then you got A.T. Amanda Thompson uh also a stud which Anna talks about how when A.T. comes in, in battles with them in practice she does not take it easy and she does not seem that she's that much older than her and then you got Miss Point Guard herself, Sherry Sherry Cole, who said, you know, all I have to do is pass it and get it to, get it to my players. So yeah, I mean, just top to bottom stacked as far as you know the resumes. Um, but I also I just think the way that they're going to teach, and you're going to hear Courtney talking about Coach Cole being a teacher. There's no greater teacher, um, in and not just of the game of basketball, but in, in life. And I think in turn. Courtney will be a great teacher. We already know Jackie Styles is a great teacher. So um, I just think overall, not even just not even just their resumes as basketball players, but just the way that they're going to be able to bring this team along. I'm excited to see how it all comes together. So let's get right to it. Jessica Cootie with Courtney Paris and her return to Norman right after this. Sooner Sports Podcast is brought to you by AT&T, America's Best Network. Academy Sports and Outdoors. Academy Sports and Outdoors is a preferred sporting goods retailer of Oklahoma Athletics. Also brought to you by Chick-fil-A. Even in these uncertain times, your, Chick your Oklahoma Chick-fil-A restaurants are here to serve you. Dining rooms are closed, but where possible, you can still order from the drive-thru, the Chick-fil-A app, or from DoorDash. Okay, here is Jess with Courtney Paris. All right, well, Courtney Paris is headed back to Norman. Courtney, kind of walk me through the whole story. Coach Cole uh, gives you the call. It's uh, been a whirlwind, I'm sure, but just uh, what went into the decision of wanting to come back and, and work with Coach Cole and her staff? Well, it definitely came out of nowhere, um, but like Coach Cole always says, timing and spacing, and it was just a perfect scenario. Obviously, everybody's going through a big adjustment with this pandemic going on around the world. Um, I was playing in Europe. Our season got cut short, and um, so I immediately flew back to the States and ended up staying in Norman just because where I lived was kind of a hotbed for everything going on, but it's just been a little, everything hasn't gone to plan, you know, Right. And, um, but this is just one of those things, this opportunity when Coach Cole called me, although it wasn't something I knew was going to happen. Um, it's been, I feel like it's the right decision and everything happens for a reason and I'm excited about it. So why coaching? Why was that going to be the next calling for you in your career? It's funny. I think as a basketball player, when you meet people, um, they're always like, yeah, probably going to coaching after. And so <laughs> everyone just assumes you're going to coaching. And this isn't a move I made because it's assumed you're going to coaching. Um, it's a move I made because I believe in it. I believe in the University of Oklahoma. I believe in Coach Cole. I believe in that program. Um, I've lived through it. I've been in it, you know. So I, as a player and um, as a student athlete there, I know that perspective because it's my perspective. Um, and just with the success that you can have there, I know it's there. You can have it because I've had it. Um, so, yeah, I, I was, like I said, I wasn't planning on it, but I'm glad it happened. And now it feels like 100% the right thing to do. It just wasn't something I knew that was going to happen. That's awesome. So you don't have any coaching experience. You've played all levels all your whole life, but when I know it kind of just fell into place like it did, but why do you feel like coach Cole is a great mentor to get into the businesses in the first place to be underneath her as you make this first step into coaching? Oh, she's a hall of fame coach. You know, she has, she has put in the time and I'm, 
I don't even know how many years she's been at OU, but she's built this program um, from the bottom to the top and has taken it in every situation. And um, I played for her. I know her. I know how hard she works. And I feel like for me, to I like challenges. I like new things. Um, I like things I believe in, which is this is something I believe in, but I want to grow and I want to learn. And I feel like there's no better teacher. I think on and off the court, she's she was a teacher at Norman High. And so a lot of how she is, is just in a teaching way and developing. And she wants you to leave her classroom, no matter what setting it's in, a better student. And I feel like that's what I'm going to get. She'll love that answer too, by the way. <laughs> uh, you know, you, you've gotten to talk and met with some of the players. What's that kind of been like for you? I think it's interesting. I just recently did a feature on Ani Yanusa, Gabby Gregory. Some of these Oklahoma kids are Oklahoma Sooners in large part because of you and your teams. So what's it kind of been like those conversations to to have with with some of these current players? Yeah, so we had to wait until I was officially on um, to for to even announce to them that I was going to be coming and to be able to talk to them and meet them. So I've been able to just um, meet them in classes like uh, I we split up between freshmen, sophomore and juniors. Um, and got to just talk to them and meet them. And they're hilarious and great kids and, and determined and smart. And I'm excited to work with them. But yet, I don't know, that makes me feel like 80, 100 years old. <laughs> and they say, well, I was just a little girl five years old watching you play. But it means a lot to me. I think as a player, um, you don't just want to come in and come out um, of your university. You want to leave and have impacted the people um, that are coming in your footsteps. And that's one of the exciting parts about this job is I'm gonna be able to do that at a whole nother level in this position. I, you recently did a call with a lot the local media and you were talking about you, I think a lot of people will think about your career about, oh, she had all the double doubles, she did the rebounding, she was a scoring. But you feel like since you've left Oklahoma, you've been able to gain experience that will help you relate to other players than just the star players. How is that? Why is that so important when you get into this to be able to relate to every single player that's possibly going to be on your roster? Exactly. So I go from Oklahoma and being this big star and the best player and oh, she did this. And you go into the WNBA and that was not how my WNBA career um, translated. Um, it was it was tough. It was, I had to gain a, like, so players who struggle with confidence, I struggled with confidence in college. I never struggled with confidence. I was like, oh, I'm, I believe I can do anything. And then you go into another situation. You're like, man, this is tough. Can I do it? So just so many different perspectives, so many different roles. I've been the unsung hero. I've been just go get the rebounds, just do this. I've been, Hey, we need you to score. So I've played so many roles in the last um, 11 years as a pro that it's perspective I would have never gotten. And at the time when it was really hard, I was thinking, man, why am I going through this? Like, I'm a bad, why? And now it's like, it's all making, I'm just one of those people that thinks everything in your life makes sense and it happens for a reason. And now all those ups and downs, I have those in my tool belt. I have these experience. And when kids say, well, this, and I say, no, I, I literally went through that. I wasn't just superstar Courtney Paris at OU. I've been 12th player on the team at OU. I've been the go set screens and do a good job. Oh, you know, so I've, I've just have so much more perspective um, out of everything. And I'm, I'm excited to, to be able to help kids with that. I think uh, too, you know, maybe people that just read your stats um, and think about your career at Oklahoma, but coach Cole always talks about how you didn't really care about the double, double streak. You were glad when it was over. Um, just kind of, 
as a player and, and knowing all the stats you did, but then also knowing what your teams did, and now that you've been removed and you're kind of getting to come back and maybe think about it a little bit more, how do you reflect upon those times and those teams and what you were able to do in your co college career at OU? I think for the biggest thing for me, it's just like, man, it was awesome. It was super, 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 super hard. Like a lot of things people ask, say, I remember back in the day when I was being interviewed, they'd always like, you make it look so easy. And then I'm like, on the games, it looks easy, but every day in practice, I'm on the verge of a breakdown and I'm just like going crazy. And it's really, really, really hard. Um, but I had amazing people to help me through it. But when I look back on it, it makes me excited because I don't, not thinking about the numbers and all the things brings me back to the teammates, the atmosphere. Um, that's what I value out of those times. And that's what I want to take into a moment like this when I step into this new position and start working with the kids and get back on campus is let's get that atmosphere back. It's there, it happened, and it's just time. And let's, let's create that atmosphere again. And that's, that's what I want to do. I got chills just thinking about that. I, I mean, I went to games when you were playing and it was, I mean, it is, it was the, the it was rocking, it was loud. It was a home court advantage. And that plays a role in what you guys do as a team, right? Is, is having that home court advantage. Oh, for sure. Like everyone, um, and it's just over the years you meet OU fans or people who had watched me play or, um, and they're like, well, thank you for everything. And I'm like, I always say, no, thank you. Like we played in this insane environment every day. And I remember uh, it was just crazy. It was like, it was amazing. And, and the support and the fans, it wasn't just our team. It was everyone as a unit in Oklahoma and supporting the University of Oklahoma women's basketball program that made that happen. Um, I know I was a big part of it, but it was like a joint effort collectively as a, as a city, as a fans um, that created that. And we got to get back there. Very cool. Um, you know, speaking of the numbers, you know, you, you have numbers and stats that no basketball player, man or woman will ever touch. Taylor Robertson this past year, due to the season being cut short, ended up leading the entire nation, men, women, the entire college country in shooting. Do you take pride in that? And, and I mean, do you take pride in having now that on your stat or on your team, a player like Taylor Robertson, but then you, that you have done things that it doesn't matter regardless of gender have kind of transcended basketball. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think as a player, you just want to go out and you want to do the best you can and you want to impact not just yourself to be like, I did this or, but you want to change the game and you want to like, regardless of gender, you want to add. And um, that's what um, T Rob's doing right now. And um, that's what I was hoping to do when I was playing. So I, I think that's so important. Are you um, excited to, cause now that T Rob's kind of taking the nation by storm, the best shooter in the country, excited to get to work with her too. Oh man. I'm just like, I had Aaron Higgins back in the day and a lot of great shooters, but man, I'm like, um, she's, that would be a dream. The spacing we have playing with her, I would, man, that's, so, it's going to be exciting. I, I definitely been following her because of her leading, um, leading the country in three-point shooting, but I'm like, man, as a post player, that's a dream. So, yeah. That's awesome. Hey, speaking of recruiting, what's kind of, I know this is all new for you and, and especially now you're doing it in a way you're probably not going to do it in the future with um, all the pandemic, but what, what's your philosophy on it? What do you feel like you can bring to the recruiting aspect? My philosophy on this whole entire experience is I'm just going to be myself. Um, I'm going to be real genuine. I think as far as 
you feel like sometimes recruiting is selling something and I don't have anything to sell except for my story. Like what I've been through, what I've seen happen, happen here, how my life changed at the University of Oklahoma under Coach Cole. And um, like I said, it's something I believe in. And so I'm just going to be myself and offer what's true. And um, yeah, that's my philosophy. Outside of just being back in the OU women's basketball program, what are you most looking forward to being back in Norman? Because <laughs> um, you, you guys are big football fans, right? Your family? Yeah. Um, so, so much, like, I'm laughing because it's just like, you have no so idea. Like, I, we, I always say I played WNBA in the summer, but I spend like eight months a year in Europe. So it's just like, I'm home by like being home, one thing to be back at Oklahoma, but being in America for the whole year is like insane. So it's just, it's funny to think, okay, I'm going to be home in America. So I'm just, I'm excited for it all. Um, I have so many friends and um, close people to me and Norman, and I'm excited to see them and just have, I say FaceTime, obviously in this pandemic, we're not getting that, but it's, it's going to be nice to be able to see people and have that opportunity again. So obviously very close with Ashley, you know, you guys make no bones, you're each other's best friend. What was her take on you coming back and joining this staff? She's always, it's funny. She's always kind of pushed me into wanting to coach. Like she's like, you should, you should coach. So this is like something she's, I feel like, um, believes I can do and believes in me and, and she's excited. She, uh, um, we both love the program and know it's on the verge of coming back and being strong. Like, like, it's always been. And um, she's just really excited that I'm a part of it. You know, you, you guys, I, we talked earlier about the reunion that happened earlier uh, last season. And it was so cool, all of those players that came back. And it was neat. And, and all of them talked about how you guys might not have seen each other for five, six years. Some of them might be two. Some of them might be ten. But it was literally like you guys all picked up like it was nothing. And Coach Cole talked about that was really the – the secret sauce of going to back-to-back -back final fours was really the camaraderie and the chemistry that had been built between those teams. What was your kind of feeling being a part of that? Is it, was it unlike any other teams you've been a part of? How does it compare, I guess, to some of the other successful teams that you've been a part of? Yeah. Um, so I wasn't able to go to the reunion because I had a game in Europe and my team wouldn't let me off to go. Um, but Ashley after was like, Courtney, we gotta, we gotta go to Cabo. We gotta like get a girl's trip. We all gotta go to Cabo. So she was excited about that. So, but no, like, it, um, I know for my Jersey retirement, a lot of people came back and I was able to see them. And it's just like, you lose, it's been 10 years and you, in are some cases 12 or 13 years, but that connection you have in college, like you become a sisterhood. Like it's so, um, it becomes those people could become some of the most important people in your life, even though you're not dealing with them on a daily basis. When you think back to how, you know, college is such a, a part of your life where you grow so much, those, those teammates and people you wrapped your arms around and helped do incredible things with, those become some of the most important people in, um, in your life. Okay, kind of to wrap this up, um, you know, obviously you, you talked about it, Coach Coles talked about getting this program back to competing in final fours. You've been there, you've done that. What does it take to get to a team to the ultimate, ultimate level of college basketball to playing in that final four in a national championship? It takes work. I mean, I think the players here and I'm talking to a lot of them, they're committed to doing the work. Um, and then also you have to, you have to recruit, you have to bring in players. Um, but yeah, just that, I, I just, I think most important is just getting everybody back to that feeling of like the atmosphere and knowing that it's real and it can happen. And then also, I mean, my hope is that 
these incredible fans who were, you know, like, oh, we loved watching you play. Come watch us play. Like, fill this gym up. Like, it's it's not just the people in the court. It's not just um, the staff and the coaches and the players. Like, and people talk about the era I played in and the things I was able to accomplish. That didn't happen just because of me. Like, that happened because of everybody. All the people in that gym, the fans, people buying in on the court and off the court. So many people bought in. And we just need that again. We need people to buy in. We need people to come to the games and support these girls. We'll work on the basketball part. We'll work on bringing people in. But we need it to be like a total effort. And um, yeah, we want to make it exciting again. I'm going to work my hardest to help with that. And um, I'm just excited about it. And I hope people buy in and get excited about it too. Because we need everybody, a total effort, um, the whole community to buy into this. The Sooner Sports Podcast is brought to you by Norman Regional. Norman Regional Health System is here for you during the coronavirus pandemic. Learn about its response at normanregional.com. Interested in OU football season tickets for the 2020 season? Call or text 405-325-2424 today for more information. Don't miss a second of the action. Brahms Ice Cream and Dairy Store, farm fresh for over 50 years. Also, OU Extended Campus. Degrees online, on-site, on your schedule become the tradition. And here is What's on Tap, brought to you by Othello's. The classic games featured this week here on the Sooner Sports Podcast. Hey, sticking with the theme, Courtney Paris drops 43 against New Mexico in, back in 2006. And also... Sam Bradford in Stillwater, 2008. Yeah, you know what it is. The legendary flip games. That's all this week coming up on the Sooner Sports Podcast. What's on tap? Brought to you by Othellus. Othellus, who will be available to operate via carryout. Orders can be placed calling 405-701-4900 or delivery through one of our three delivery partners, DoorDash, Postmates, and Grubhub. Okay, so... Uh, Courtney's awesome. She's so nice. Uh, you can see why, um, you know, everybody loves her and loves chatting with her. Um, so genuine and just such a great, great representative of the university. And I think she's going to do big, big things in her coaching career. Cannot wait um, to see where that goes. I just so many cool stories and, and, you know, the things that are you kind of remember when you go back and, you know, start thinking about that. So um, it'll be fun to continue to talk about that um, as it's just been the first week and it's been a whirlwind for her. And so I'm, I'm glad we get to get to talk a uh, vintage OU women's hoops. Of course, we all know I'm a, I'm a fan of that. So also this week, let's keep, let's keep it with the basketball theme. This is going to be a basketball podcast this week. The last dance is in the books. I'm so sad that it's done. What are we going to look forward to watching on Sunday nights? Incredible documentary on the run of the Chicago Bulls. The three-peat times two with Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen, and company. So, um, Meg, obviously, I'm a basketball player, basketball fan. I think you grew up, you were a Washington fan. Were you a Bullets fan back when all that went down? What, what was your takeaway? Jess, I was like seven, not even. <laughs> I was like five when this was happening. So I actually like didn't know, I didn't realize how little I knew about Michael Jordan and his career. Like this might be strange, but I didn't know his father was murdered, right? Like I didn't know that. And I thought it was really cool 
an interesting segment in uh, the season finale, episode 10, with Steve Kerr, who also lost his dad, and how they didn't really talk about it. But then when game seven in the or the 97 97 finals came around and Steve Kerr hit the game winning shot like that just the relationship came full circle for them and I I was laughing out loud when Steve Kerr was going in on that moment in the huddle before the final shot and he was like Michael Jordan just knows the cameras are always on him so he's discreetly saying like hey man be ready they're gonna double team me like just be ready if your opportunity comes. Steve Kerr's like, yeah, dude, I'll I'm be ready. Go. I'm going to be yeah. ready. Like, he's like making a scene. And I just think it's cool how like Michael Jordan was so well-respected that Steve Kerr, who was a great basketball player, great mind in the sport of basketball was still like, yes, I'm ready. I'm going to be ready. And when he hit the shot, I was so pumped for him. Like there was just so much I did not know about the entire story of Michael Jordan. Yeah, I, I thought they did um, such a cool job of weaving in and out of telling the stories of the supporting cast in addition to the story of Michael Jordan. Um, you know, I didn't really know, I didn't do a lot of research of what was it was going to entail going into it. Um, so I thought the way that they told Dennis Rodman's story and Scottie Pippen's story and, you know, um, I was a big Reggie Miller fan. So I, you know, Were you? I think I was, what? I love Reggie Miller. Yeah. So what? I think... Um, I thought that was cool how they told that story. Just a lot of the things that you, you kind of forget about or going more into depth, the, the flu game, that it was actually food poisoning. Um, you know, I also was very fascinated by the baseball um, part of mm -hmm. it because, you know, I remember everyone just bashing him for playing baseball. And then you've got, um, you know, some big time dudes in there saying, hey, by the end of the season, give him a couple more, uh, give him a couple more uh, seasons in the minor league, maybe just one or two, he would have made a major league baseball team. I mean, I just think, and again, and that wasn't because he was so much more talented than everybody is because he got into the cages and worked just like he worked on his basketball game. And so, um, you know, just going back and seeing that, hey, because I remember him getting bashed for it and, and you know, the, some of those headlines about that was embarrassment to baseball and then you go back and then you hear kind of the behind the scenes of, no, he wasn't that far off, actually. And, you know, saying that he would probably make a Major League Baseball team. I thought that was all, um, all, all fascinating. And then, um, you know, talk with this, talked about this with Ani Yunusa, you know, as, as hardcore of a leader and um, the, the expectations that he had for himself, and, you know, he's, I'm not going to do anything that I don't ask you to do. But the way that he actually was a great teammate in addition to that and how much his teammates respected him, um, I thought, and one of the things that kind of stuck with me, it was, I think it was in the second episode when um, they were talking about, I think it was one of his teammates when he said, when he, when he realized he didn't have to do it alone, that's when you really saw Michael Jordan take off. And so I think he, he knew as good of a player as he was and as dominant as he was, he couldn't do it alone. And so then you saw how that grew along and how he was able to bring teammates along. Um, I also like Scottie Pippen more. And there were some things in there that I think a lot of people were mad at Scottie Pippen for, but I actually respected him a lot more. I really like Scottie Pippen coming out of this documentary too. So, so, so many things, I mean, that, that you could take away, but I thought it was so well done. And, and the backstory of how they had to finish it up 
from their apartments and they couldn't go in to edit and um, you know, it wasn't done. It was supposed to be released in June. They had to hurry it along. So the way that it was all put together, I thought it was absolutely fabulous. Could not come at a better time as everyone has no sports and we're stuck at home. But as a, from a production standpoint, obviously it was incredible. You know what I loved? Them having MJ react to interviews on the iPad. Like that was I, I like that too. And we got to see that live reaction, whether he was like about to talk some serious smack about Isaiah Thomas because like the majority of that documentary was he's a grudge guy right and that grudge is still there but just to see that Ultimate competitor so cool so original you don't really see yeah. like from a production standpoint that idea it was genius I loved it I think it even got more into what he he is about you know at this day and age I loved it I thought it was so great I thought the production quality was incredible considering that was shot in the 90s you know um and the 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 way the access the, they had yeah like well and there are and, times we, we don't have that access right like, I and you know Michael Jordan allowed for them to film this this footage has been in the vault and you know there was a story that came out um I believe it was um it was somebody from ESPN that had said that um, once LeBron won his last championship, that's when Michael Jordan said, all right, bring out the tapes. Um, so, you know, again, just kind of that, <laughs> not competitive at all. you know, his son came out and tweeted saying that he doesn't know if that was true or not, but you know, it wouldn't surprise me either way, you know, with the talks of comparing LeBron and Jordan um, that, you know, he said, all right, let's bring it back. Um, but this thing has been in the vault and it's, it was incredible. The, like you said, the, the things that they were able to capture the, I thought the moment with his security guard that became his father figure that he played for and he gave him the game ball, like that, that kind of stuff that you would never know about. Um, so some of the other things like that, that um, were just incredible and so well shot. And you just think about, I think about my job at Sooner Vision and how far the technology has come just in three or four years. Yeah. And then you think about back then, you know, and, and just the way that they were able to make it look so current uh, was was so well done. And with, you know the, and with the time restraints that they even had too. Yeah, you know what's in the vault that I wish was not in the vault as well is those suits in the 90s. Are right. you kidding? Like those were <laughs> incredible. I was like, we gotta bring those back. Like these, those jeans that MJ would wear, the suits, like I'm here for it. I, I'm ready to bring those back. I love them. So yeah, just all around, just I, I loved hearing the stories that went along with the supporting cast that you maybe don't hear as much. I remember a lot of the stuff about Michael Jordan, but some of the stuff with the supporting cast I thought was incredible. So um, yeah, I have to go back and rewatch it. And it, it honestly, it inspires me. What's the next documentary uh, we should do at Sooner Vision, Meg? What do you think? What do you mean? If we were going to do another, the next documentary, obviously we're working on the history DVD of Bob Stoops era. Oh, you mean that's like going to be coming out. Producing. If we were going to start a documentary on somebody from OU, who would you want to see? I'm going to go with Buddy Heald. Like this, Buddy was before I even got to OU and I was an Iowa State student athlete at that time when Iowa State men's basketball had won like two Big 12 tournaments and OU was just, every time Iowa State and OU played, 
it was going to be a battle. It was going to be high scoring, exciting basketball. Of course, outside of like my Cyclones, when I, those were my buddies, right? George Niang, Monte Morris, like those were my guys. But I loved watching Buddy Heald from the opposing team, right? Like his story, I've seen features that you've done in the past couple of years. His story is incredible. Give me Lon Kruger and Buddy Heald. I love that. Yeah. What about he, you? He has, he has a great story that kind of emerged. Um, I didn't even know about it. And he, he told me in an interview, I think it was his sophomore year, was going into the NCAA tournament. Um, I, it was um, how he used to have to steal crates, milk crates from people and cut out the bottom as a basketball goal. So yeah, he shot on a crate court in, in the Bahamas and, and the story of, of how he was discovered and everything, it, it is, it's awesome. Um, well, I think, I think Patty Gasso is due for a documentary. I was able to do a, a sit down round table with some of the former, some of the greatest players to ever play the game recently and and i think diving into a lot of a lot of those stories would be awesome um let me think here i i honestly would love to see a lincoln riley documentary i think yeah, you know going back sure. and you know I, there's been interviews done but i think going back and you know high school to college to you know just getting into the mind of of that and and his his backstory would be awesome um god there's so many um so many great potentials, but yeah, I, I would probably say the top of my list would be Patty and um, Coach Riley. All right, well, I think we've just chit-chatted enough here today. We, we just turned it into, let's just talk Michael Jordan uh, to close out this show, <laughs> but thanks to Courtney Paris again for, for joining us. She's awesome. Can't wait to have more from her, and uh, stick around. Coming up next week, we've got um, Keaton Kenley, the two-time libero of the year from the Big 12 Conference, and Ana Yanusa. She has some awesome, awesome stories um, that you'll want to hear and an awesome voice for women's sports as well. So um, cool to get her perspective on, on a lot of different things. So uh, keep it here on the Sooner Sports Podcast. That's coming up next week. But we appreciate you listening this week. And for Meg McDonald, give her a follow on Twitter, Meg underscore underscore McDonald. I'm at Jessica Cootie, and we'll talk to you next Wednesday here on the Sooner Sports Podcast.